It's 1909. Inside the Cologne Theater, the majestic opera house in the heart of Buenos Aires, the lights dim and the orchestra begins to tune. When the opening strains of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony begin to fill the hall, a young stagehand stands in the wings, listening in the dark. He's 24 years old, a tough guy with bad manners and a third grade education, and he is completely enwrapped. The music is reaching him in the deepest way, and he's standing completely still, paralyzed by the marvelous, glorious, uplifting sounds. He's having an epiphany that will change his life. And sure enough, that young stagehand would go on to become one of the most famous composers in tango history. This is Tango Profiles. The 24-year-old who stood in the wings of the cologne was Juan de Dios Filiberto. At that moment, he was musically illiterate and actually just barely beyond general illiteracy having been kicked out of school in the third grade. Filiberto was a tough guy from the neighborhood of La Boca, which was in those days a marginal neighborhood to the south of the city, part of the industrial port and populated by immigrants from southern Italy and elsewhere. Many of them worked on the docks and lived in crowded group houses called conventijos, which were the Buenos Aires equivalent of New York tenements from the same period. The son of a Genoese immigrant, Filiberto was uncouth, tough, and full of attitude. As a dock worker, he joined the Stevedores Union and the Anarchist Party, who organized a strike in 1907. He worked as a stevedore, a mason, and as an administrator for a shipbuilder. Manual labor and union stuff. On the other hand, both he and his father had reputations as dancers and actors in the local amateur theater scene and a young Juan de Dios took music lessons from one of the carpenters at the docks. He and some friends started a music group in which he played organ. So this was a tough guy with artistic inclinations. One day, those inclinations led to an incident. After being given a ticket to hear a lyric tenor perform, he criticized the performance, leading to an argument with a friend who told him to shut up because he knew nothing about music. Filiberto was so mad that he went out and got the stagehand job at the Cologne Theater, channeling his anger into a new calling. His musical journey had begun, and within months he witnessed the immortal sounds of Beethoven and decided to enroll in conservatory, where at age 24, he dug into the painstaking basics of music. The fiery, bombastic spirit of German Beethoven had found a fiery, kindred Argentine spirit over 100 years later. Maybe it was a reincarnation. A little bit later, we'll talk about the unique character of Filiberto's music. But for now, I'll mention that from the very beginning, he made a curious connection with the indigenous heritage of the Americas. Tango was urban music, but Filiberto often dipped into a rural well, finding traditional folk music forms and the imagination of an indigenous spirit. 
Filiberto had been sent to Guaymagen, a municipality located at the foot of the Andes and named after an Indian chief. There, Filiberto composed his first tango and titled it Guaymagen. According to him, tango had no indigenous roots, but he wanted his first composition to summon up the native spirit of the new composers of tango. Now, I'm not sure if Filiberto was part of any movement at all, or if any of his contemporaries shared this view. More likely, I think Tango was witnessing a movement of one, the birth of an iconoclast. Soon after that came a period of creativity and big-time success. Between 1919 and 1920, Filiberto, at 34 years old, pretty much composed his entire catalog of hits. The megastar Carlos Gardel recorded about 15 of them, guaranteeing Filiberto a place in tango history. Here are just a few of the titles from those years. El Pañuelito, La Vuelta de Rocha, Yo te bendigo, Amigaso, Cuando llora la milonga, Clavel del aire. Included in this batch are three of his most popular, Quejas de Bandoneón, Malevaje, and Caminito. The last is the story of a couple who like to visit a little path, or Caminito, until one of them leaves the other. Well, it is a tango. Apparently, the lyricist Coria Peñalosa had imagined a path in the countryside, not as you might think the famous Tango Street in La Boca. However, when the Tango Caminito became famous, that famous street was born. The city of Buenos Aires had decided to rehabilitate a narrow little street in La Boca, and they hired the painter Benito Quinquela Martin to help the neighbors paint their houses in bright colors in his own patented style. They named the street Caminito after Filiberto's big hit, and today it's the main tourist strip in La Boca, immortalized in postcards, videos, and guidebooks. Caminito, el tiempo borrado, que juntos un día nos viste pasar. In 1932, Filiberto started his first tango orchestra. True to personal style, he added instruments like clarinet, flute, and harmonium, none of which were part of the standard instrumentation at the time. He recorded for the Odeon label and did a few tours. In 1933, he was immortalized on film. Argentina's first non-silent movie came out that year. It was called, as you guessed it, Tango, and captured a few minutes of Filiberto directing his orchestra. Filiberto stayed active. I wonder if his labor organizing past was a factor in the creation of the Argentine Composers Society, which is today known as Sadaik. He was one of the founding members. He was also the founder of another institution that survives today, his own orchestra. In 1938, 
a new municipal orchestra invited Filiberto to be the director. As government leadership changed over the years, the group went through a series of names, but it always stayed true to its mission statement, to promote the legacy of the music of Argentina. Its final name, and the one it bears today, is the Juan de Dios Filiberto National Orchestra of Argentine Music, or La Filiberto for short. So what about the music itself? Well, history is full of impressive composers, technicians doing magic tricks that you can't do at home. We're well aware of them. But at the same time, there has always been a handful of weirdos, the, the musical freaks. These ones stand out not because they can play the fastest scale, but because no one is like them. They make history on the sheer force of their unique, unstoppable personalities. I think of Thelonious Monk or Jimi Hendrix, or if you're a classical fan, maybe Berlioz, or of course, Beethoven. These are the musicians that no one can imitate because they're too quirky. Filiberto was one of those weirdos. As you can imagine, he received criticism in his day. He was unrefined, imperfect. His music was a little odd. It's true, Guaymagen doesn't sound like a normal tango from 1932. And it also doesn't sound like a tribute to indigenous music. I think it's the result of a completely original mind unconcerned with convention. I mean, even Quejas de Bandoneon, his greatest instrumental hit, has some oddness. If you listen to the third section, there's an extra measure, right? The phrase is nine measures long instead of the more standard eight. We've heard it so many times that we're used to it, but it's weird, masterful and weird. Like, imagine if the Mona Lisa had an extra nose. Weird. In addition to quirk, Filiberto's music is defined by raw emotion. Again, you can understand the connection he felt with Beethoven. This is not music from the ivory tower. It's first and foremost from the soul. Beethoven also upset sensibilities, breaking through the symmetry and the restraint of the classical period, introducing feelings, unrestrained and loud. Both composers had their detractors. Conscious of this criticism, Filiberto once responded by saying, Technique can be learned, but sacred fire has to come from within.
Benito Quinquela Martin, the painter we mentioned earlier, was close friends with Filiberto. Two neighborhood boys who had made good and were La Boca royalty. Quinquela Martin's paintings portray life on the docks in a grandiose, humanistic, and personal way. And I wonder if the two had more in common than a simple friendship. There's a series by Kinkella called Fire, which is the study of flames. A big fire on the docks, a fire in a furnace, a spirit within a fire. If you've seen his work, you're probably visualizing it now, calling up these images and his signature style. I see them vividly when I read the quote from his friend Filiberto. The sacred fire has to come from within. Juan de Dios Filiberto was born in La Boca neighborhood, Buenos Aires, on March 8, 1885. He died there in 1964. He just turned 132. Maestro Filiberto, feliz cumpleaños.